life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. A special edition of 2020, a pre-election panel of the best Christian leaders, lobbyists and commentators grappling with tomorrow's federal election. We're assessing what's at stake, talking about the leaders' performance and the biggest issues, as long as well as their predictions for the days ahead. I want to welcome Martin Isles, who is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. Good to be back. And also to Dave Pellow, who's a presenter of the Conservative Pellow Talk, founder of the Church and State Summits, and the editor of the Conservative channel called The Good Source. Dave, welcome along to you. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for inviting me. Let me come to Martin Isles first. Martin, here we are. The day before the federal election, we've been talking about a lot of issues in the lead-up to. What are your impressions as we get to crunch time? Uh, my impression, Neil, is that it's extremely close. Um, uh, I was definitely of the view that Anthony Albanese was uh, a sure thing uh, for the last few weeks. Um, it is true that a government has never come back in the polls uh, to the degree that this government has had to come back in the polls in as short a time as they've had to come back in the polls uh, to win an election. That's never happened before. This would be quite um, a momentous occasion if the government were re-elected. Uh, the odds have been against them all the way through in a fairly big way. But election campaigns are funny beasts, you know. Strange things happen. And uh, I think um, a lot of problems at the Albanese end uh, and also a couple of very clever uh, actions at the government's end, like the superannuation and uh, purchasing a house policy, using your super to purchase a house policy, which was released uh, on Sunday, um, sort of wedging Labor, has meant a lot of things have come together to actually put them very, 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 very close. Some are saying a hung parliament. I think that's a distinct possibility. Uh, Whatever happens, it will be close. And if Labor do win, as they've been on track to win all the way through, it will be by quite a narrow number, I think. Are we likely to see a majority either side? Uh, Dave Pello, you've been monitoring things along. Uh, a lot of the people that you have on your uh, Good Source channel, uh, they've been talking about all sorts of issues that you're not even hearing in the mainstream media. Uh, what's your take? Uh, how do you gauge reaction that's happening around the place uh, so far as whether there is a possibility that one side might actually get a majority? It's a thing I have to be honest with myself, to be honest with everybody else, and and it's very real that I'm listening to a specific market segment, and and that specific market segment is conservative Christians who are very critical of the Christian Prime Minister and the the rules and laws that we've had to live under for the last two years, and there is a, a great and significant amount of disaffection with people who were never interested in politics before, who always voted liberal or always voted for a Christian and were extremely happy, probably, that Morrison won the last election. And so, you know, it's it's very hard to read the tea leaves because, yeah, there is there is a great deal of, of people who are determined to put the majors beneath some of the minor parties, the freedom um, parties who are out there. Um, and that is going to hurt the coalition. Uh, there are some candidates in the coalition that certainly don't deserve to be in the Liberal Party um, because they're just so far left wing. Uh, but I think as to who's going to win, my feeling is um, 
Scott Morrison's not going to be Prime Minister on Monday. Um, but, you know, that's what the polls say. And the polls have been very wrong in the past. They were very wrong at the last election. But on the other hand, they've changed their methodology and they're assuring us um, they're more accurate than they ever have been before. So I think you're a fool if you're putting money on this election. Martin Isles, let me ask you about the concept of punishing the major parties. And even as Dave Pellow reflects there, people have not been impressed necessarily with some of the actions of Scott Morrison over the past two years. The thought that the major parties are very similar and uh, there's even a movement, uh, you know, to put major parties last. Uh, Punishing the major parties, that could backfire, couldn't it? Well, it's definitely a very real uh, movement. Uh, It is, and and I'm just speaking factually here, I'm not actually um, disparaging anybody. I I completely sympathise with the movement, to be very clear. But I think it is a minority movement, um, and the polling does show that. However, uh, there's a few dynamics you need to play, that you need to consider uh, here. One is that um, in the lower house, on your green ballot, you actually have to vote for everybody. Mm. You have to number all the boxes. So people say, well, I'm not voting for Liberal or Labor. I say, well, yes, you are, because you have to vote for everybody. Mm. And the thing is, they might put um, freedom-friendly minor parties at the top of their ballot. Again, something I really sympathise with. Um, But at some point, they're going to get to a major party in their numbers. And I think the vast majority of people who are putting the freedom-friendly minor parties up the top are going to get to the last three, which will be Liberal, Labor and the Greens, and I think they'll put them in that order. That'll be the vast majority. So what's going to happen is that those preferences in the lower house are going to come back to whichever party uh, is the usual major party that that person votes for. Um, However, where this will be interesting is the Senate. I said it's a minority movement, um, and those of us who sympathise with that uh, movement are a minority group within the broad general population of Australia. But it's a big enough minority... Uh, minority to make quite a difference when it comes to the Senate. Uh, the Senate, you know, you can throw up some really interesting results there. And I'm kind of looking forward with fascination to see what happens in the Senate, whether One Nation will be the party of choice uh, for those who are right of centre who vote minor and whether One Nation could end up with quite a few senators or whether there will be something of a bit of a pig's breakfast of uh, random individuals thrown up with all sorts of strange outcomes. But either way, if Labor did win government, for that matter, even if the coalition won government, I'm sort of comfortable with the notion that you will have a Senate uh, through which it is very difficult to pass legislation because it sort of puts the brakes on anything too troublesome uh, from happening. Uh, And it makes some of the more radical social engineering stuff much more easy to fight. When you have independents and minor parties who you can go and speak to, and generally reason with uh, on some of these issues. We find them much more socially conservative on the whole than people from the establishment parties. And therefore, when it comes to social issues that Christians are often concerned about, very easy to work with and very pleasing to work with. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens uh, in the Senate. Um, I think the idea of punishing the major parties won't have a big impact in the lower house, though. Let me ask the two of you, and we'll start, uh, Dave Pellow, uh, the prospect of a Greens coalition with Labor. 
some people will be saying, well, uh, you know, if uh, that happens, uh, doesn't that take the Labor Party all the more left and wouldn't that be a danger? Uh, your thoughts here, Dave Pello, if that is one of the prospects, uh, a Labor-Greens coalition tomorrow? It's one of the prospects. I, I think it's even if I was going to, you know, put a dollar on an outcome, I, I think that's probably where it is going to end up. I I don't think it's a risk. I think it's a certainty that they're a coalition and they're going left. They're, they're hurtling at light speed in that direction and there's no stopping it. No way you're going to vote is going to stop the Labor-Green coalition from going further and further uh, anti-Australian, anti-human, anti-Christian. Um, that's... That's pretty much their ingrained culture, and, and it's been going in that direction for, for decades. Uh, as Martin said, I, I actually don't think there is a good outcome in the lower house tomorrow. Um, there's no chance that the freedom movement is going to form government, zero chance. But um, neither party, which has a chance of forming government, um, can be trusted with with a blank check on power. We absolutely have to pray for and vote for a strong, conservative, God-fearing crossbench in the upper house, as Martin said, put the brakes on the bad legislation that will inevitably be thrown up by either government, likely either party likely to form government. Martin Niles, hurtling left at light speed. Uh, this goes across uh, a lot of the parties, and I'd say all of the major parties in some sense uh, moving left, but hurtling left at light speed. This is the moment where listeners to our conversation now might actually appreciate what it is to try and put the brakes on something like that. Uh, any thoughts here about just how far things have moved to the left? Well, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I agree with what Dave has said there, um, but it is interesting to me that not only uh, are Labor and the Greens rapidly moving to the left and have been for some time, and as the influence of the Greens grows, that only accelerates. Uh, because the Greens, for example, where I live in, in Canberra, the local government here and the, the government of the Australian Capital Territory is actually a Labor-Greens coalition and the Greens are in ministerial portfolios down here. So, uh, you know, that's the sort of situation you end up with. Um, uh, so that's the concern there. Um, but the, the thing is that, that strikes me is that even the coalition have moved significantly to the left, uh, even under Scott Morrison in the last mm -hmm. few years. Uh, and you saw that in February when the religious discrimination vote came on and the Christian schools vote came on. And you had, 90 days out from an election, you had coalition MPs crossing the floor to vote for the alternative prime minister, uh, vote with the alternative prime minister on against Christian schools and the religious discrimination bill. Now, that's a reflection of the culture in the coalition right now. It's really, really moved to the left. And they have been bleeding good um, Christian uh, people with Christian principles. They've been bleeding them. They've been uh, losing them to by-elections. They're, they're now, now uh, pre-selected in unwinnable positions in the Senate and things like that. Uh, that party is moving left. And that is why we as the ACL have been quite particular about running a campaign which we describe as people, not parties. In other words, if you're just voting at the party level, you're not actually sure whether the individuals that are going to be thrown up by your party selection will be people with Christian values. You need to... So what that means is when you vote in the Senate, you probably shouldn't vote above the line for the parties because right. you don't know who they're going to throw up. 
for example, if you vote LNP in Queensland, the first candidate that the LNP will put into the Senate is James McGrath. Now, if you compare him with the second candidate, Matt Canavan, you'll find in Matt Canavan a Christian man, and you'll find in the third ca- a candidate, Amanda Stoker, a Christian woman, who have very strong Christian principle values. James McGrath does not. So above the line for LNP, you're, you're actually making the problem worse of the Liberal Party drifting in a bad direction. Uh, and you need to vote below the line and vote for the individuals and make sure that you're choosing the right people. And look, even... Even, for example, in the minor parties, uh, you can see in Queensland, there's uh, someone like George Christensen, who's a Christian running in One Nation, uh, but he's third on the, on, on the list for One Nation. Or you might look at Tegan Granger, who is a young lady who's a strong Christian uh, running for the Liberal Democrats, but she's second on the list for the Liberal Democrats. So if you're voting at the party level, you're cutting those good people out and you're letting the party choose someone who actually is more to the left on social issues. So that's why we've been saying people, not parties. Look at people, vote for the people uh, and vote below the line of the Senate and just think no matter what the party is, what is this person's values? And by doing that more and more, then you can start to push back and start making sure the right people are in those parties to have influence. And that is not just for the major parties, but for the minor parties as well. You know, I don't mind one nation having senators. I don't mind the United Australia Party having senators, but I want them to be the best of the bunch. You know, I want, I want people to be leading the way for those parties who have strong Christian values. So that's why we've had our campaign and the information we've been putting out is very much around discerning who are the good guys when it comes to their social values. And in order to vote for the good guys, as you say, Martin Isles, uh, you have to know who those Christians are. And there have been so many putting their hand up saying, I am a practicing Christian. You've got a list of more than 150 Christian candidates. I called it a tsunami of Christian candidates. Very exciting standing (laughs) uh, for this coming election. So identifying those names is going to be very helpful for you when you're filling out that metre-long Senate form if you're voting below the line to identify where those Christian candidates are and to uh, put them high on your numbers list. Uh, Dave Pellow, let me ask you about, uh, you know, there's 150 candidates. You can get a list of who they are on the ACL website. It's a pretty exciting thing to recognise that there are Christians engaging with the political process around the country. Um, just on the voting beneath the line, uh, I help a lot of people do that um, because it's daunting. Queensland and Victoria, 79 candidates beneath the line. New South Wales, 75. Um, there's a great website that makes it easy. You can figure it out in your comfort at home. Um, finder.com.au, Senate Voting Card Creator, with a dash between each of those words after finder.com.au. Senate-voting-card-creator. And you can drag and drop and and rearrange um, the individual. So your first step is grouping them as parties. Your second step is rearranging the individuals. And I did exactly what Martin did, as Martin said. I voted last night, I think it was, or maybe the night before. Um, I, I put Tegan Granger ahead of Campbell Newman because she's a strong Christian. I put George Christensen ahead of Pauline Hanson because he's a strong Christian rearrange them and I took that along as a screenshot or a printout to the voting booth and I numbered all 79 boxes first go no (laughs) mistakes and I've helped several people do that it's a fun easy way to do it and it's very very empowering because you have to take control of your vote 
Um, if you risk letting your vote exhaust um, by only doing the minimum, a system the Greens helped design with Malcolm Turnbull, then you risk not being in that final decision when it might be um, the Greens or Amanda Stoker or you know some conservative strong Christian. Uh, so you really have to vote beneath the line and number as many boxes as you can. But here's a fun, easy way to do it. Okay, finder.com.au, Senate Voting Card Creator. Uh, so many resources available this election to help Christians understand what's going on. Uh, Martin Isles, when people go to the ACL website, you've got a whole list of uh, amazing, in, uh, insightful resources there. Uh, rattle through a few of those if you can, because we're coming up to news. But uh, the main okay. ones that will be helpful for people who are using that uh, that Senate voting voting form and uh, getting their numbers right. Yes, so Neil, you mentioned one a moment ago, which is that there is a list there of all of the people who are running for the lower and the upper house who are Christian. And we've tried to choose those who are practicing Christians. They're church-going people. There's some reality about their faith that's able to be seen. You'll find that list, and yes, it's super encouraging. There's so many people on it. There's also a video there accompanied by a document where it's written out of uh, basically going through a party pendulum. So on your Senate ballot, you're going to see a host of parties, parties called things like Reason and Fusion and TNL. And when you get to sort of 10 in your preferences, you're going to start wondering where to go next. Uh, And the problem is that some of these parties have ordinary sounding names, but actually they're extremely left wing or they're extremely anti-Christian or have an explicit anti-religious agenda. So I go through a left to right pendulum of all the parties that you're going to see on your Senate ballot. And I say a thing or two about the philosophy of each. That will also help you. Also, I'll say the other third one that's really important is it's there as a link on the ACL website, but also if you go directly to vote.acl.org.au, you can look up your electorate and you will see all of the candidates in your electorate and on your Senate ballot who have responded to ACL's Christian Values Survey, and there's quite a few in most electorates. And that is a super, super helpful resource. Martin, I'll cut in here. I'll point listeners to acl.org.au. Martin Isles is with us. He's the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Also with us is Dave Pello, the presenter of Pello Talk, founder of the Church and State Summit. He's the editor of the conservative channel The Good Source. Martin Isles and Dave Pello, uh, I note that the two of you have already done a pre-poll vote. So I wonder whether we might take a moment, uh, because listeners will be very interested. I mean, maybe you don't want to say exactly how you voted, but the process that you went forward uh, into that uh, that uh, ballot box and, uh, and you actually filled out your vote. Uh, I wonder if we can start with you, Martin Isles. Uh, so the process that you go through when you are actually casting your vote for listeners as they're preparing to cast their vote tomorrow. Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, and I'm a silent elector, so I uh, get a postal ballot in the mail every election. So I get to sit down on my kitchen bench and uh, fill it out in the privacy and quietness of my own home where I can actually think it through. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's always a benefit. But it, it's useful for people who are going to be doing it in the ballot box 
um, to go along with a list, you know, a piece of paper where they've listed uh, the order in which they'd like to put the at least the first, you know, uh, 10 or 20 or 30 odd people in their preference list so that they can just copy it out. Uh, that's that's the first thing. Otherwise, you'll stand there and look at this thing and you'll get confused or it'll be uh, just too much. And I've known plenty of people who have gone in intending to vote below the line, people, not parties, as we were saying before, making sure that even if it's a minor party or a major party, you're picking the best of the best to be influential in that party and to get elected and set the policy agenda. Uh, I know people who have gone in there with the best of intentions, but the ballot is just too big. Uh, and they give up and they vote off the line. I've heard that. The number of times I've heard that is, 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 you know, it's concerning. People need to be prepared. But the process I went through was that I obviously know um, who's who in the zoo, in the political world. Uh, so it was a little easier for me. But I did uh, note ACL's resource on who are the people standing for election across all parties who are people of Christian faith. And I checked my electorate. Uh, also, I looked at the vote.acl.org.au website and I checked who had filled in the ACL Christian Values Survey and what score they got. And there was quite a few people there who got very high scores. And I thought, OK, I'll preference them nice and high. And then there was, of course, just my own knowledge. And most people will know a few politicians or a few people in their local area, like here in the ACT, Senator Zed Selger. I know all about him. Uh, he stood really firm uh, for a lot of really important issues, despite having a challenging constituency in the ACT. Um, so I made sure that he was in my list as well. And when I went, in to, to, when I went to, to do the vote, uh, it's important, or when you go to do the vote to the listener, it's very important for them to just note that we all get to a point fairly quickly where we're, we're kind of guessing a little bit. So that's, that's just part of the process. You, you probably have four, five, six people, maybe only two in your electorate who you're really confident in. And you go, yeah, yeah, oh, I can put one, I can put a two, I can put a three, oh, I got this, I got this. And then you get to six and you start going, oh, dear, uh, I'm not so sure. Well, that's okay. We all feel that way at this point. Just start putting the numbers next to the ones who you're confident are okay. Uh, and then you'll get to a point where it's all a bit of guesswork, but you should be clear about who you're putting last. Uh, and so there will be that sort of ski centre. Where you're just not totally sure whether you should have made that, you know, 26 or 27 or 29 or 30. That's okay. We all feel that way. Just soldier on and finish the ballot. Make sure the important ones are up the front, the worst ones are down the back. And vote for just number as many as you can, 12 or more. If you can't finish it, that's okay. But just make sure it's 12 or more, as many as you can. Okay, let me give you my story. Uh, So my wife and I, we went and voted at a pre-poll voting booth last night. And uh, my wife had, you know, not much idea. And uh, I shared some resources with her and a couple that I found on the Australian Christian Lobby site. And that was the list of 150 Christians who are practicing Christians who are standing. And I thought, I'll go down there and I'll find my electorate. And I discovered there was actually three Christians who were standing. And so I wanted to give them some priority with my vote. So I had those printed out on a page. I just cut and paste them off the ACL website and put them on a page. And I went to the wokeometer, uh, the left-right spectrum that they've got there on the Christian Lobby site. Right. And uh, 
and I had there a, a printed out version of where all of the different parties sat on the spectrum. And uh, so my wife and I, we looked in that and, uh, and I put down uh, the thoughts, sorts of ones that we thought we'd vote for. And we managed uh, to cast our votes. Uh, I've got to tell you that I didn't number every square below the line. But I got to 25, and then everyone beyond that uh, was like all grouped into the sort of uh, same uh, sphere politically. So I thought, hopefully my 25 will be enough. Dave Pellow, as you've heard of uh, what Martin Isles has said, the way he cast his vote, uh, the way I've done that, uh, you know, is that is that a good way to do it? Have we missed the mark, or how do you think things should go? No, no, both of those are fantastic um, and exactly right. And the key thing that I note in there, and there's uh, one thing that hasn't been said that I want to encourage people um, not to worry about, but what you've both done is you've prepared, you've thought about it, and you haven't gone there thinking about it the first time. Uh, and, and I'd encourage people, you know, people have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. The least we can do is prepare a little bit f- to preserve that freedom. So do that homework. Talk with some friends. I, I, Kathy in my office um, told me some things about some of the independents on the Queensland Senate ballot who I'd never heard of, don't know their name, and didn't have the time to do the research. But she was there. So talking with friends, that was research. And she said, oh, I know that person and that person. And yeah, they're good people. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, I'm going to put them high up. So as Martin said, you know the people that you want to vote for and, and you want to vote for them. But, but here's the bit that a lot of people get afraid about. And, and it's almost a point of morality that they stop there. And it's important to know that this is a preference system, not an endorsement system. So when you number the... Greens candidate number 79 you're not saying this is the 79th best person you're saying this is the worst person uh, and so I mean this is really harsh and I'm really sorry to all the, the the Christians and good candidates that I inadvertently refer to this way but don't think about it as a bunch of things you like but think about it as a bunch of things you don't like I mean diseases if you've got 79 diseases that you could choose from and you are absolutely going to get one of them, um, you want to have a say in that entire list. You don't want to leave it up to somebody else. Uh, And the Greens' uh, ideas are the worst disease of all to have in our parliament. So make sure you number as many boxes as you can, if not all of them, and putting those radical anti-God diseases last. Okay. Uh, Martin Niles, we've run out of time. Uh, we're voting for a disease tomorrow. I wonder if you've got a... I'll give you the, the last word here, but uh, keep it to 60 seconds. Uh, you know, f- your final opportunity to, to speak to listeners to 2020 about their vote. Uh, voting for a disease, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Look, I think uh, people, not parties, is important. So find out about the people that we uh, and the resources that are available to you to find out about those people. Look below the line. Make sure you go people, not parties. And here's the other thing. I live by this. familiar with the Calvinists and the Armenians. For those who get that, I say, Armenians sleep like a Calvinist. So in other words, do all the work you can to get it as right as you can, do all the research, go in equipped, get it done, act like it depends on you. Once you've cast the ballot, go to bed at night knowing that you're in control. He removes kings, Daniel have said. Wonderful stuff. Live in peace. Okay, and one last thing. Dave Pellow, uh, there is something happening on the goodsource.news website 
uh, on your YouTube channel, youtube.com, The Good Source. You've got an election commentary. Very quickly, who have you got on your team doing a election count commentary? Yeah, so tomorrow night from 6pm when the polls close Eastern Standard Time, um, I'll be in the studio with George Christensen and Dr. John Humphreys and Rob McMullen, uh, people from each of the main minor parties, uh, Lib Dems, One Nation and United Australia Party. But throughout the night, we're going to be joined by Senator Malcolm Roberts, Senator Jared Rennick, Senator Alex Antic, Campbell Newman, Ross Cameron, Gideon Rosner, Topher Field, uh, Rocco Loyacono, Alexandra Marshall, Lyle Shelton will be joining us. Um, and there's just going to be so many more. It's going to be a huge night. We're going to be watching the candidates and seats that the mainstream media won't be. It's called uh, Freedom Speaks. YouTube.com forward slash The Good Source. No doubt there'll be a link on the goodsource.news website uh, for being part of that commentary uh, tomorrow night for the election count. Uh, To the two of you, uh, Martin Isles, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Neil. And thank you to Dave Pello for joining us. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.